You're listening to Half Stack Highlights, a blogcast dedicated to showcasing the latest in indie talent, business, and creative opportunities for the dreamer in you. We bring you intimate conversations with up-and-comers, entrepreneurs, and fellow dreamers alike, and we're based right here in Chicago. In today's Half Stack Highlights, Editor-in-Chief Jen Lazan continues the community and health theme with entrepreneur, mom, and the wife of a veteran, Ashley Rossi. Ashley is the founder and chef behind Organums, a line of high-quality, nutrient-rich, natural organic tiny human food, which gives parents an opportunity to invest in the health of their child. In this episode, we talk about why Ashley took the leap into entrepreneurship and how she is using Kickstarter to achieve her dreams, as well as the realities about the food we eat and why she is so passionate about small steps towards big change. Okay. Ashley, thank you so much for being on this call with me and for taking the time out to tell our listeners, all of our readers on the blog, a little bit about yourself, the journey, and what you're doing. Let's start off with just a little bit about yourself, your journey, and what led you to launch your business. First of all, thank you for having me. It's very exciting. love getting the word out about both my business and the Kickstarter, which seem to go hand in hand these days. So basically, my husband's a veteran and his back was injured during deployment leaving him in need of back surgery. And so kind of during his road towards recovery, I was deemed his caregiver by the VA. And so then I found myself tasked with, you know, needing to take care of him and get him better, but then take care of our three kids and then being painfully aware that I also needed to bring in income every month. And so like all during this time, I was making our youngest son's food from scratch and I had Mm -hmm. tons and tons of parents you know, asking me if I could teach them how to do it or telling me that they wish that they had the time to do it themselves. And so all of a sudden I was like, hello, Ashley, there's your business. There's the the answer to your problem. Start making healthy, tiny human food for parents. That's what I'm doing. That's where Organum came from. And I'm just super excited about it. So can you tell us a little bit more then about Organum? Like who you cater to, what differentiates you from you know, all the other organic foods that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. So Organum offers a line of high-quality, nutrient-rich, um, 100% organic, natural, and then wait for it, here's the big one, frozen, um, <laughs> tiny human food. And so we give parents an opportunity to turn away from the empty products that you can currently find on grocery store shelves Um, Mm -hmm. and instead invest in the health of their child or their children. And so what is different is the fact that we're frozen. And what freezing allows um, us to do is to produce food for babies that's full of all of the natural nutrients that the Mm -hmm. produce would already have. Here's the difference. The the big players in the baby food industry, in order to make their product shelf-stable like we're all so used to, they have Mm -hmm. to process the food at such high temperatures that the mm-hmm. nutrient value is null. I mean, too, is they go in and manually, synthetically, add the nutrients back in and throw it in a pouch or a jar and shove it on a shelf. So they can still call it organic, though. Right. Yeah, well, because it started out organic. So, I mean, yeah, in their in their only defense that I have for them, they're pesticide-free. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside from that, I mean, we're humans. We're not supposed to, you know, take in synthetic nutrients, especially babies. They need 
the most natural diet that they can get. What makes this different? The freezing aspect of it. So how are you going about that right now, especially since your your product is frozen and, you know, obviously you have to utilize it within a certain amount of time. You know, what are your suggestions that you give to people who are, you know, working with you or purchasing your product? Well, so the lovely part about it being frozen is that I, you know, parents can order an entire month's supply if they have the freezer space. They throw it in their freezer, and then, you know, you just throw a couple into the refrigerator to have it thaw and be used. Okay. And it's just like a rotation. So it's it's super simple, and so you don't have to worry about it going bad. The reality is, is that there are changes that we all need to start making. So even though it may be more convenient to throw you know, a room temperature jar or pouch or container into a diaper bag, you know, okay, so now you just have to add one of the insulated coolers and throw the food in there. You know, it's gotcha. it's not like it's, it's a huge obstacle um, for mm-hmm. parents to overcome. And when you really look at the benefits that are offered in doing that, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it really it makes the issue pretty mute. So then have there been any other obstacles that you face? And if so, how have you overcome them as you continue to to develop your brand? No, yeah, sure. Without a doubt. Um, I think every entrepreneur or business owner runs into obstacles. Um, I'm sure you've had some of your own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and especially at the beginning. Um, so I've definitely had my share. I think for me, as far as overcoming them, the stakes are too high for me to allow failure. And so when I've hit roadblocks, I, I go into a quiet room for a minute. I throw a grown-up tantrum and then force myself to get over it and bulldoze my way forward. I had insurance companies laugh at me when I had first established and said, okay, well, you know, I'm making baby food. I need, I need a, a really good insurance policy. What can you offer me? And they would say, are you kidding me? It's baby food. We can't, we can't do anything with you. Really? <laughs> We're not going to find wow. anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally upwards of a dozen insurance um, agents. And a couple were just very insulting and very rude and discouraging. And I just thought, okay, well, that can't really be the case. I mean, obviously, it has to exist. There has to be an insurance option. So instead of dealing with these people who aren't up for the challenge, Mm-hmm. Let me assure you that I am. Let's find it. And so now I, I have a great insurance policy. I have a great agent and, you know, and problem solved. But, I mean, it was it was a good, like, two-and-a-half-week hurdle for me, and it was every day, oh, my gosh, if I can't find insurance, I can't launch this business. What am I going to do? I mean, it's not looking so good. You know, but here I am, insured and happy, and you you really just have to dig your heels in. And for me, I feel like, the children in this world, as dramatic as that sounds, they desperately need healthy food advocates. And so I, I kind of take that on as my mission, and I'm just not willing to give it. What has been that driving force behind your ambition as an entrepreneur? Obviously, your family is a big aspect of it, but what else would give you that strength? <laughs> so I've been told by a lot of people, especially those who love me, that I have an intense personality. And so I choose to translate that saying that I'm I'm an incredibly passionate person. Uh, passionate people are wonderful, cool, hard to take, or you need to take them in doses, I guess. And so that being said, I think the passion that I have for ending the status quo in the baby food industry knows no bounds. I'm not afraid to 
ruffle feathers if and when necessary, and I'm not going to stop until the change has been made. And so luckily for me, I'm, I'm young and I have plenty of time to see it through. And I think when you combine that with exactly like you said, I mean, my family and the opportunities that this business could give my family, there won't be any stopping me. That's awesome. You're inspiring. So where do you see Organums then in, say, two years? What are your goals? What are your hopes? So I have every intention of being the new face of baby food, both literally and figuratively. And I'm not sure that I'll be able to accomplish that in, in just two years, but I'll be well on my way. I plan to educate people on the nutritional aspect because I think that's where one of my bigger obstacles is right now is that a lot of parents just don't know how bad it is. And so either they choose to continue not knowing because, you know, once you do know it's a burden and it's inconvenience, or, you know, I, then they turn to me with a million and one questions. And I, I'm not I'm not a health expert. I mean, I've done yeah. a substantial amount of research um, in, this, in this space and in this industry and just kind of in the organic space as a whole. So I, you know, and I do responsible research. I don't go to Wikipedia yeah. and say, oh, yeah. please define for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I am on the Mayo Clinic's website, and I look at the American Diabetes Association. It's it's all of those yeah. things, and I'm happy to share that. But when you're when you're talking about educating the masses, it's a little daunting. I plan to do that, and then I keep growing the business. And we, in two years, gosh, we'll have a whole first generation of Organum's babies. My, my youngest son is 17 months old, for example. He's had one cold, no wow. viruses, no flus, no ear infections. Very, very rarely does he have a diaper rash. And when I say rarely, I mean, I don't know that he's had three in 17 months. Wow. And yeah, and when you when you look at that, and it's not an issue of, you know, yeah, he's home with me, but he also has two school-age brothers who carry all kinds of stuff home for him to pick up, and he just doesn't. And so for me, the I like to say the proof is in the puree, <laughs> because when you look at that, that, there aren't a whole lot of questions to be asked. So then in terms of education and, and things that, you know, people don't necessarily really know about the foods that we eat, are there any realities that you've learned along the way that you were really surprised by that our listeners maybe should know a little bit more about. Obviously what you what you said earlier, you know, adding synthetic nutrients back in after the nutrients have been lost to making shelf stable, that's a huge one. But is there anything else like that that you think people should know or be aware about? Absolutely. I think this is when people's eyes tend to glaze over. <laughs> Our food system, honestly, is so corrupted, I like to say, that to call it flawed would be a compliment. I think that one of the biggest contributing factors is people's unwillingness to learn, acknowledge, and accept what is happening. Because it, it's, like I said, it's inconvenient to have the knowledge, and it is a significant burden. Once you see how some of your food is, is made, where it comes from, how it's handled, you don't want to eat it anymore. And I mean, I'm a Portillo's girl. I'm Chicago, right? So how the heck am I supposed to be expected to not want to go to Portillo's and get a hot dog? It's so, it is, it's, it's tough for sure. And I think this is where the intent or passionate actually comes out because I think it's imperative for all of us to know yeah. these things and people just don't want to. Oh. As Americans, I think that everyone assumes 
you know, our government is supposed to have stringent regulations on our food yeah. and, and its sources, right? But absolutely. that's absolutely not the case. Start researching. For example, we're offered products in this country that other countries won't even permit into their own. They won't wow. allow them in their food systems, and they're thrown into ours like it's like it's nothing. And I used to get really frustrated because you hear the terms, you know, MSG, GMO, GE, and it feels like every day they have a new acronym and they start to lose their punch. But when you look at it this way, okay, so a GMO is a genetically modified organism, okay? A GE is genetically engineered. When you start thinking about it that way, who would want to put that into your body or a child? We're so sick that we can't even see straight and we're addicted to sugar. Here's a fun fact. So one in three children um, in America are currently obese, right? In doing my studying through the American Diabetes Association, they are predicting pretty conservatively. It's not like they're just throwing this out. They've done a lot of research. And by 2050, those same one in three children, who will at that point obviously be adults, will also be diabetic. Wow. So the time the time to change is now. You know, and I... I I won't get onto my soapbox uh, any more than I already have, <laughs> I think. But for those interested, I would just highly recommend starting small. It's a life change. It's it's intimidating, I think, for people. It absolutely was and still can be for me. Yeah. You know, I, I guess what I would recommend ultimately is maybe start by watching, like, the Food Inc. documentary. Yeah. That is phenomenal. It, you know, it's it's enough information for you to get the urgency of, okay, this is what I need to start doing, but it's not so much that you're like, okay, well, this person's telling me this, this person's telling me this, I have to research. They really do a good job of, of kind of honing in and explaining it for you. And so I think that's the biggest thing. Just don't don't feel like you have to do a complete 180 overnight because I'll, I'll be the first to tell you I haven't. I'm still yeah. transitioning. Um, but when it at least comes to kids, you know, you just have to decide to do better and do better immediately. My son, no matter how tight money has been or, you know, how inconvenient it is to go to a separate grocery store, has mm-hmm. has never had conventional food. And he won't wow. because it's, it's just unfair. It, that is not how we were designed to be. And so, yeah. yes, I may love portillos. I may love cupcakes I may love all of those things but he doesn't know about them and he doesn't have to as long as I don't force that on absolutely yeah and it it starts early because you're adjusting their palates early on I 100% agree so obviously with what you're doing right now you're trying to build your brand you are doing a great kickstarter campaign can you tell us that. a little bit more about it? Yeah, tell us about your campaign. Tell us about your goals, what you're trying to do with it to help your brand grow and to help bring this great food to these little people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my Kickstarter campaign is basically running to help me uh, raise the funds that I need to get into my own space. It's absolutely detrimental to the success and scalability of my business to be on my own. Renting a kitchen just doesn't work. I, I kind of lay all that out in my uh, Kickstarter page or on my Kickstarter page to make it very clear. But for example, you know, renting a kitchen can be anywhere from 22 to $26 an hour. Now, as if that doesn't, you know, pack a big enough punch, then you have to take into account that 
there are all kinds of people in and out of that kitchen all day, every day. I don't know what they have prepared. I don't know if it had peanuts. I don't know if it had gluten. I don't know um, if they did a good enough job cleaning up. And even though I can clean as well, there's only so much cleaning you can do when, you, when you're talking about a dozen people using one space. And I'm just not, it's, it's not safe and I'm not willing to do it. I, I'm trying to raise $150,000 which sounds like a lot, but I, I tell you, if you look on Kickstarter, there are people who have raised literally over a million dollars for, yeah. you know, yep. some, some gadget that they've they've created. And so I'm really just hoping that by having a, a pretty solid page and explaining to everyone every aspect without getting too overwhelmed, mm-hmm. that people will have a pretty good idea of where the money is going to go, what I'm trying to do, and, and hopefully want to help. It's crazy to me mm. how blind we can be about the food that we're eating and how just adjusting the things that we put in our mouth can make our house improve tenfold. So mm-hmm. I give you props for that. If you could go back to when you were, say, in your early 20s and tell yourself one thing, you know, about what it's like to be an adult, what it's like to, you know, follow your dreams, what would it be? I think I would tell myself, uh, brace yourself, Ash. (laughs) Um, I'd tell myself that I was in for one hell of a battle, that I'll be taking over the baby food industry and educating people on how to save their own lives by simply advocating for themselves when making food choices. Along with that, I would tell myself, you're, you're not going to be the cop that you always thought you would be, uh, but don't worry because all of that preparation and hard work and schooling, you know, that, that I <laughs> worked so hard, you know, on won't go to waste because you're about to put a ding in the universe and that doesn't happen without aggravating some people. So that would probably be what I would, what I would tell younger me. My last question then is, if you could offer some sage advice to anyone looking to start a company or launch a Kickstarter campaign, what would you say to them? Mm, a lot. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, because this is this is another area, being an entrepreneur and a small business owner is your life becomes research and you will, you know, set out to research one thing and then have a dozen sub things from that one thing that now you have to research. And so I've, I've done and tell you the amount of hours I've put in um, to researching how to run a successful Kickstarter campaign and, and what to do with your video and, you know, who to get it out to and blah, blah, blah. And so I would say first and foremost, do not rush. I will tell you, I, I ran um, an unsuccessful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I did it right before I launched this one and I learned a ton. I learned that, you know, yeah, no, maybe I didn't feel like doing the video where I'm showing everybody what I do in the kitchen, but people want to see that, so I need to do it. And so you really cannot be lazy with this page. You have to put everything into it, your heart into it. You have to explain and be very transparent and make sure that people know what it is exactly you're wanting to do And I think you need to make sure that you do your research, find out who your targeted audience is, uh, build a strong social media following beforehand, not after, because those are the people who could very well end up determining your success. You need to ask for help. Uh, People do not always volunteer it, but if you directly say, you know, hey, $5 could literally determine whether or not I'm successful, they may be more inclined to help. You know, I, I would definitely say to do that. 
because momentum with a Kickstarter is one of the biggest things. If you don't have it, from what I've been watching and how other other projects are trending, it's hard to gain it. I'm I'm definitely not an expert, um, and I think that Kickstarter is definitely for more of the tech world. It exists for other things too, but I I think tech does the best. Um, and so I'm really just hoping to prove statistics and myself wrong. But one thing I've learned for sure is you're going to have all kinds of people soliciting their services to you when when you start a Kickstarter. And they're going to say, okay, well, you know, our $99 package offers this. Our uh, $200 package offers this. They're not going to do anything for you that you can't do yourself unless you work with, you know, some high-end PR firm um, that's really going to get the word out to the masses for you and they can show you exactly how they're going to do that and what their plan is, you know, then by all means, if you have the money, do it. But I would just say as as easy as it is and as tempting as it is to, you know, look at all of these promises that people are making to you, you have to just know better and know that, you know, you need that money more than they do because, you're not going to see a return on it. That's so awesome. And I think it's so true. People have the tendency to not want to ask for help. And mm-hmm. being able to just take that step and ask for it makes all the difference. Right. And I agree, too, in terms of, you know, being able to do things on your on your own. PR, yes, a publicist would make life so much easier, but you can be your own publicist. Ask people, say no people. See who you can reach out. How can you contact the news team? So I just think that you're doing a great job of really pushing things on your own, and I just want to congratulate you. And hopefully this will help in terms of helping that Kickstarter grow and get that momentum that you need to succeed, Ashley. So I appreciate your time. No um, problem. That sounds great. I really appreciate your time as well, Jenny. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Half Stack Highlights. If you listeners are interested in learning more about Organums, you can visit them online at www.organums.com. Also, if you have the means, please take some time to visit the Organums Kickstarter page and donate what you can to help this supermom achieve her dreams. And remember, please feel free to rate our podcast and leave a comment on iTunes. Your comments and feedback will help us to grow as we develop this new outlet and will allow the podcast, the people, and the creative showcase to be exposed to an even bigger audience. Thanks for your support.